Welcome to Ride Home Reactions, the 20-minute show where we react to the movie we just saw. Why 20 minutes? Because that's how long it takes us to drive home. I'm David Els, video production guy for InTheCarMedia.com. And I am Jill Rogatti, theater lady from SoapAndRopeTheater.com. We saw a movie on our first date and liked talking about it together so much that we got married. Was it worth it? You decide! All right, we just saw... Murder on the Orient Express. On the count of three, we will say our score. One, two, three, Six. seven. Yeah. Okay, okay. We're more or less on the same page. Yeah. I have like nitty gritty I want to get into. Yeah. But they're details. Not. I feel like I should say something more general first. Yeah. Okay, first thing I'm going to say, I have always 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 wanted to go on a very long sleeper train yeah me too. that has been a dream vacation of mine and if it could be a 1920s 1930s <laughs> style art deco everywhere i'm probably showing my ignorance of um time periods but i think i'm saying that correctly and that and that it was well, 1930s art deco. i think that was i think it took place in the 20s 20s yeah I think it was like mid-twenties. Um, oh, I loved it. I loved the style. I loved... I think maybe the thing I liked the most was how it was shot. I thought it was shot really well. I don't uh-huh. know, David. You can disagree. Yeah, but there's some interesting uh, I decisions. loved the... Um, like how the angled glass through the windows made uh-huh. two heads of everybody. Yeah. I thought that was really... And then the guy who lied twice, there were three heads of his, <laughs> you know. I think yeah. there was just lots of it's fun a, detail. It's effective to show, you know, fractured truth yeah. in that same visual way. Um, so not particularly subtle, but I and I thought it also <laughs> looked cool. Yeah. <laughs> and But just the train itself, I loved looking at all the little details. Mm-hmm. Um all the time period stuff and the shot like at the very end when he's at the very end of the train towards the end and it's the the shot is set up very unbalanced so there's just the caboose and mm-hmm. and Poirot walks onto it but the rest of the screen I would say like five sixths of the screen is just the cliff face mm-hmm. and there's nothing there mm-hmm. I don't know what that means but it was a cool <laughs> shot <laughs> I don't remember that one super well, so I could could not interpret it. Um, I thought uh, the writing was not particularly inspired. And it had pacing issues, and I think writing was part of that. Yeah. um, A lot of scenes that really meandered along. Yeah. And it was... I don't know. I was I was struggling to stay awake. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) And, yeah, it was a pacing issue which I would agree with you and I'd blame on the writing. Um, and especially for a murder mystery, not that that has to be fast paced the whole time, but there needs to be urgency. Mm-hmm. And there's maybe only once or twice that he, he speeds up because he's caught on to something, you know, and there's kind yeah. of the quick, yeah. um, snappy, this and that, then that, then this. And I feel like you need a little more of that. Um, and the rest of it was so yeah, meandering is a good word. And I didn't mind it uh, when it felt, uh, you know, like there was a time for the story to slow down a bit. But mm-hmm. it just was that was a constant 
Yeah. Rhythm was just the very rhythm slow. didn't change enough. Yeah. Um. But what I'll say is, I I felt like, in terms of what is this besides a, a story of a murder mystery, it was kind of like a actor showcase. I thought <laughs> just like let's put all these high caliber actors in a claustrophobic yeah. space and bounce them off each other, and so that I Pressure enjoyed. Cooker. Yeah, I, I enjoyed that uh, dynamic. You know, just I bet you haven't seen half of these actors perform together before. Like, no, I haven't. Please continue. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so, it, the conceit of that kept me going, despite yeah, certainly writing issues. Um, I don't think the editor d- did uh, did the movie any favors either. There's a lot of scenes I'm like, scene could have been half the length. It could oh, have, interesting. It could have uh, pulled us in and pulled us out, and instead it was just kind of. Um, we, we stayed on the exact same shot, um, you know, the exact same distance from the characters uh-huh. the entire scene. So I didn't, I didn't feel like I was getting pulled into the scene. It was just here. Here is the scene, like from start to finish. It's not really we're not really moving at all. So I have a film production question for you. Yeah. Um. So the director, who is Kenneth Branagh? Yeah. Um, how much of a say do they have in how the editor edits? Because Kenneth Branagh, who has a theatrical um, background, mm-hmm. as do a lot of the actors in this, actually. Well, whatever, some of them. Um, like Derek Jacobi and um, Dame Judi Dench. So I didn't know if maybe part of that was his kind of insistence on that. Because it felt a little more... Um, theatrical as opposed to film mm-hmm. you know like you're on a stage the scene is happening there's not a lot of jump cuts there's not a lot of you know uh yeah i don't know i just wondered if maybe that added to yeah he, he could have kind of dictated the edit bay with an iron fist in a way that the editor was like oh no well, yeah, my name yeah. is going on this. i wonder if that didn't um, help yeah i think you know every production is different how much the director wants to have a hand in that. Uh, I just... Yeah. Th- yeah. Who, regardless of who the culprit is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just... I just wondered, now that you were saying that, I was just thinking out loud that maybe that's part of why, yeah. is that that's kind of where he comes from. And I say that lovingly, because he's done lots of films that yeah. I've loved, and I don't think have basing issues, so... Right. Um, uh, okay. I, I, am, I just want to talk about how pleased I am with myself. Can I do that? (laughs) Please do. (laughs) When I watch movies or any story that has like a murder mystery element to it, I am completely disinterested in trying to guess who it is the whole time. Uh I would much prefer to turn my brain off and enjoy the ride. In the same way. Um, So that's me. And I think other people enjoy Mm. finding the clues and being like, I knew it, you know. Um, But that's not me. I enjoy just going for the ride. However, at the very end, (laughs) I feel like I'm going to say this and everybody's going to be like, ah, yeah. Um, When they're in the tunnel, uh-huh. All seated at the table. Yeah. It's very Last Supper. Yep. So then, because of that, I instantly looked to who was sitting in the middle, which would be Jesus, mm-hmm. and it was Michelle Pfeiffer. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was like, nah, she's, a, she's the head of something. Mm-hmm. So I was quite pleased with myself for catching that, and that actually came 
to pass uh-huh. on some level. Yep. Yeah, I uh, <laughs> I also had the same thought. I think that was clearly staged to be the Last Supper esque, yeah. and I was trying to figure out why. Obviously. Yep. And. Oh, I have thoughts about the themes too. Yeah. So. As that, um, as that scene progressed, I was thinking that Kenneth Branagh was kind of saying, like, one of you is going to betray me kind of thing. Who is it going to be? Oh, like, you saw him way. kind of as the Jesus yeah, figure? Yeah, I think so. Interesting. And so put the I gun, disagree, but yes. Put the gun on the table, mm-hmm. um, and one of you is going to grab the gun, and that's Judas. Um Certainly that doesn't serve the overall story. But in that scene, that's what I saw it as. Right, it's right. like, um, you know, he's not, he's, he's away from the table. He's, he's not at the table at all. So he's not Jesus in that way. But right. I still saw it as, um, yeah, one of you is going to be Judas. One of you will betray me. Interesting. Um, but I guess that's really mixing and matching your biblical uh, references, you know, or, you know, timing and stuff like that. It doesn't all take place during the Last Supper. Can, so, okay, yeah, can I, I, want, do, I want to hear your, your Okay, version. I'm going to do Bible time stuff. <laughs> um, so I think that Michelle Pfeiffer, in that moment, continues the theme of being Jesus in the middle uh-huh. because, of course, she makes a choice instead of shooting him. Okay, so I see um, Kenneth Branagh as being us. Okay, sure. Everyone else, uh-huh. justice, the world, mm-hmm. everything else witnessing what is going to happen and okay let's go from if we are all sinners mm-hmm. um we deserve to be shot yeah we deserve to oh, okay so kenneth Branagh is representing that he uh-huh. you know technically he could get that but he doesn't get that fate because Michelle Pfeiffer oh, instead yeah. goes she to shoot to, herself. Oh, yeah. oh my gosh. So she's That's much great. more um, the Jesus figure there yeah. of saying, no, no, I take it all on myself. Yeah. Um, everybody's sins I take uh-huh. onto myself. Um, and of course, that was just a test. And I think that's kind of where the. Um, the the her being Jesus ends <laughs> because then they're all kind of all together uh-huh. um, kind of like the the equal playing field uh, that's I'm not articulating that well but they're all culpable yeah they're all culpable we all are culpable kind of a thing mm. um, I struggled a little bit on how they were gonna resolve this because you know if we're really gonna boil it down to right wrong good bad mm. um, it's a little tricky to say they, because they were all doing this in revenge uh-huh. and justice was never served, it's okay <laughs> that they all group murdered a guy. I, I like that, which, group murder. Group murder. Yeah. Which, of course, I would say no, if I'm not being literary about it. Sure. Um, however... I think then they wanted to do that so that they could explore the the uncomfortable place of him having to to decide how to seal their fate. Right. Does and, he turn them into the authorities or does he right. turn them off the trail? Right. That's great. I, I love that interpretation. I think you're spot on. I uh, 
I was trying to remember as I watched this movie. I, I've read and watched a lot of Poirot stuff. I, I used to be really into Agatha Christie. There is an Agatha Christie movie, and I think it actually may be the Nile one that they reference at the end of this one. Kind of like, maybe we're going to make a sequel kind of thing. Oh, yeah, and that also felt biblical, Blood in the Nile. Uh-huh. Sure. Oh, and it's 12, which is like 12 disciples. Was it 12 of them on the train? I was going to ask that. Yeah. Yeah, so that that's clearly... I'm sure that Agatha Christie had that out. I mean, Jesus would make 13, right? So is there was there 14 on the train total? Or besides the the owner of the train? Oh, well, there's also the... Yeah, the owner guy. Yeah. Who is he in this biblical illusion? Ooh. <laughs> uh, I guess you can call him this, the devil. Oh, gosh. <laughs> but he, he didn't do much. He just... No. He was just pressing for a verdict. Right. Um, but, uh... He was you know. Pontius Pilate. Yes, I, I could do. Oh, that, that makes sense, actually. Um, I, uh, what I what I guess I'm getting at there's there's an Agatha Christie adaptation that I've seen. It probably is the Nile one, and it is so creepy. <gasps> and Agatha oh. Christie books are they are creepy, and this one I can't speak to the source material in this case, but this she tends to be pretty creepy. creepy. And yeah. this with the music and. Uh, mm. The uh, shot choices, especially towards the end when you want to be creeped out, uh, I was just, you know. Yeah, the music does not do it any favors. Yeah. So it, it, you know, it has sort of a moral ambiguity theme, which I guess is sort of kind of anti murder mystery, which uh, I can appreciate, but I wanted it to be a little bit moodier. I I think everybody performed well. There was not a single actor. So that I think their performances made up for the fact that there were pacing issues yeah. and that the writing wasn't super. I feel like they acted their pants off. Yeah. And I enjoyed it very much. And I feel like I can often find it distracting to have that many stars all together. Uh-huh. Um but I let go of it. I feel like they all yeah. got me to forget that I was staring at Michelle Pfeiffer and Dame Judy. I didn't follow the time when um, the doctor shoots Kenneth Branagh Poirot in the arm and he's like you were performing surgery. I I didn't understand that at all. I don't understand how why he shot him in the shoulder or why Kenneth Branagh figured out that that wasn't the right Uh line to follow. Uh, I'm not going to be of much help on the why that wasn't the right line to follow because I am wretched at following intricate plot construction. Mm-hmm. Okay. In terms of what he meant by you were performing surgery, you couldn't have killed anyone. He meant you were a sniper, so you have a very accurate aim. Uh-huh. So if you wanted to kill me, you could have you killed could've. me. But I... Oh, so I guess that, so that I'm answering my own question. He's saying, you were trying to incriminate yourself by shooting me, but if you really wanted to shoot me and, you know, get me out of the picture, you could have killed me right on the spot and you didn't. So that makes me look elsewhere for the blame. And he, the only reason why he was shooting him was to get, to take the attention off of his lover. Yeah. Um, Okay. Okay, well, let's pretend like that's the case. <laughs> what would have been the end of that scene if the guy hadn't come and like knocked him on the head? 
the um, owner of the train. Yeah. Was he like? Like, was he hoping that Kenneth Branagh would kill him eventually? Would kill him? Oh, I don't know. Yeah, because he was kind of holding him down, and they were struggling. Right. To... If he wasn't, if he wasn't, the doctor wasn't going to kill Kenneth Branagh. Right. He was just going to like tussle until they got too tired and right. called it a draw. <laughs> I'm not sure what he was hoping. Yeah. I'm sure he didn't really have a plan. He just wanted to get her out of the way. Right. Oh my goodness! I also love loved the coffee tea carafe when they're outside. <laughs> the one that he, when they sit down when he interviews. Ray. Oh, okay. This is what I do because I can't remember people's names. I just yeah. call them whatever. Daisy Ridley. Daisy Ridley. When he interviews her outside, with and they both have um, their little cups, and there's a carafe between them. It's so cool looking. Things like that. Whoever picked the design elements of this, uh, just I hope they win something in the Oscars. Yeah. For that, I think they were superb. Yeah, I I would definitely agree that the set construction was uh, really well done. They kind of show it off. Like, look at this long, continuous shot. We built this whole set. <laughs> oh, but um, I enjoyed it. No, no, I, I'm not detracting from that. showing it off. Um, so I I think that was probably the strongest part was, yeah, production design on this one. Yeah. And, you know, the performances. But the the filmmaking stuff was lacking, and that was disappointing. I I enjoyed Kenneth Branagh's um, choices with his own character. I it is historic for me to really dislike main characters who where the actor who's playing them also was directing the whole movie. That usually me. Ben Affleck takes your yes, ire, and it drives me bonkers. Like Argo, um, which why, you liked, but I loved Argo. Why he cast himself in that role? Of a Mexican-American. Of a Mexican-American. And then also directed it. I just... Ugh, ugh. Okay. So, Kenneth got away with it, <laughs> I think. Yeah. Nothing in it bothered me. I think his performance was wonderful. I loved how um, how much of a burden it was for him to be the way he was. You know, I like that. Uh-huh. Not, you know, that's, that's a repeated yeah. thing with, like, Sherlock and things. But, um... I thought he did that well. Yeah. It's, a, it's hard for me. And that his vacation is just him being by himself reading. Charles Dickens. Charles Dickens and his little giggles. It was such a lovely moment. And the only times that you see him be happy. Other than that, he's polite. Uh-huh. Or with a little boy at the with the eggs in the very start. Um, but other than that, it's kind of like the world lays heavy on his shoulders. Uh-huh. Um, so I appreciated his performance and choices. Yeah, I would have liked to see more of his mannerisms. Some, hu- I think, some more humor could have helped keep things moving. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, I will stick at six, and I'll stick at seven. This is a sticky situation, <laughs> and it's uh, and it's over. It's over. Bye bye. Bye bye bye.